I am uh, live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. I am live on YouTube and in three, two, one. I am now live on Facebook Live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. My name is Antonio Visic, or Tony Visic in Croatian. Uh, and uh, I come to you every day at 2 p.m. my time. And whatever time you're watching, it is the right time. Uh, and I come to you from uh, the greater Phoenix area, where I reside uh, currently. Um, we are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms. Uno, dos, tres. Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, YouTube Comedy Schools, and uh, Facebook Live. We're planning on changing that up a little bit. We're going to change that up a little bit. And uh, actually recorded directly from Zoom onto uh, these platforms. There's reasons for it. But right now, right now, we're, uh, we're doing it the old-fashioned way. Um, the show is built around three things. It is built around your questions and comments as we um, uh, trip through the uh, cobwebs of, uh, and foggy ruins of my mind. Um, usually, sometimes, not always, on occasion, I have some little knick-knack or doodad our piece of memorabilia, our fluff, our autograph, our toy that I share with you here and try to weave a story around. And also, uh, uh, we recommend a uh, artist or piece of music. And the cool thing now is that we actually then put the link to one of the songs of the artist, or the, uh, the recommended song of the day, directly onto the chat and then into the titles of the show afterwards so you don't have to hunt around for it. That's what we do for you. Uh, Jim Perry is already starting the day off a little cantankerous. I'd just like to say that about Jim Perry. He's being a wee bit cantankerous with his uh, statement, which is, what up, pizza boy? First off, I don't want to do a whole other show on this. We already did a whole show on it. Okay, but I do have to mention that I think that it was um, unfair of Jim Perry, uh, the owner and proprietor of uh, jpscomedyclub.com, jpscomedyclub.com. Hey, by the way, I'll be announcing tomorrow on November 25th of this year, you'll be able to see Jim Perry, myself, and others live from a show at the Tempe Center for the Arts, our, uh, uh, our original flagship theater. Where they are closed uh, due to health concerns. We totally respect that. But they are starting to do shows at the Tempe Center for the Arts, where we actually film inside with a socially distant crew and a very, very limited audience, but then it goes out on their uh, own personal channel. And I'm going to make sure I get a copy of that for y'all. Uh, Jim, I put salt on my pizza, Perry, will be on that show. And by the way, uh, Jim, I've uh, talked to uh, several attorneys at law and also a, a chiropractor, and they've all agreed to legally allow me to change your name to Jim, I put salt on my pizza, boy, Perry. So I am not the pizza boy, you are. Hello, Kevin Brown. Tina Mike Lawson, how are you? Tina Mike, you're going, what, salt on a pizza again? Is that what, did we fall asleep during a really long show? No, no, just the salt, the, the, the salty nut is here. That's all. Um, 
Anyway, uh, uh, hold on, my looking on here. There we go. Uh, things keep popping up. You know, I think that is the problem with the world today. Is uh, Jim says I've been called worse. I don't know if there's anything worse than that, Jim. I got to be honest with you. I mean, you know, maybe somebody who dollops like you know ice cream on their cheesecake, some jerk like that. You know, some reprobate who throws coleslaw on their barbecue. You know, those might be uh, uh, a lesser creature than one who salts their pizza. But I don't know that I think of a greater insult. Man, I'm getting a lot of insults on Facebook because of this whole homeowners thing. Uh, I got this guy who's trying to bait me because he's like an old man sitting in his house. And he thinks, he thinks that he can keep baiting me on Facebook. So I'll say something that he'll be able to file a lawsuit. But I, I just blocked him. I just blocked him. Just... Uh, you start to realize who people are and you go, wow. So I'm retirement age. I could retire. Uh, I damn near could retire. I'm certainly at the age where a lot of people retire, 65. I have no interest in retiring. If I did retire, I would just start doing something else. And that's not retiring. People go, oh, I have retired and did something else. Well, that's not retiring. But I'm starting to see those people who um, live on Social Security and just live, you know, really, really, really within their means. I respect that. But then got nothing to do all day except watch Fox News and go on Facebook. And hey, are they some humdingers? Hey, are they some humdingers? I was looking at chapter, paragraph 5, section 3, or section 402. And the preposition there is not how you read the preposition. So what's going on with you and your prepositions, mister? <laughs> Man, if you ever make it out to uh, Maricopa Meadows, and I hope each and every one of you do someday, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll learn you how to eat pizza, and I'll learn you how to eat cheesecake, and I'll learn you how to eat good barbecue. Uh, I'm the best barbecuist on the planet right now. I am. I am the king of barbecue. Uh, I will show you how beautiful it is where we live, the gorgeous park that we have, how it's lit up at night, so even on those long, hot summer days, we're still 100 degrees at 8 o'clock at 9 or 10 o'clock at night where it cools off a little bit. People can go out and walk their dog, let their kids play on a swing, go for a walk themselves, maybe, you know, do a little pitching putt. Uh, I'll show you how beautiful it is. And I am in trouble for beautifying the neighborhood. I'm in trouble. People are upset. You spent money on lights. You spent money on the bathroom. What's next? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, we're going to, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer people when they come at you like that. That's a lot of money. Well, yeah, it costs a lot of money to make things look nice. I moved into one of the, Paul Whitney, oh, well, Paul Whitney has a comment. Wait, you were making a preposition for his wife? No, no, I wasn't prepositioning. There would be a proposition, Paul Whitney. Paul Whitney. Hey, Paul, you got to start putting up links to uh, your YouTube shows, you know, with your action figures. You got to start putting up, uh. Uh, YouTube links for that because I want people to see that and I'll tell you why I want people to see it because I think it's something it makes me laugh hard and if something makes me laugh hard I want to share it with the people hey if you're looking for something to do this weekend by the way if you're looking for something to do this weekend at JP's Comedy Club 860 East Warner Road in Gilbert Arizona but not just covering Gilbert the greater Gilbert area uh, Jim Perry will be hosting a headliner Keith Ellis one of my favorites, if you see him, he'll be one of your favorites too. Very funny guy if you're in the greater Phoenix area. Um, anyway, we got that going for you. Uh, we got that. We got uh, comedy workshops going on for you. Um, 
Thursday night. Thursday night is the beginning is our beginning class starts. If you're interested in joining that class, write me at comedy schools at hotmail.com. I'll get y'all fixed up. Now I have no bobbleheads today. And I have no knickknacks. And I have none of that stuff. And I only watch the news for a little today. And it appears, look, this woman, Amy, uh, Amy Conehead Barrett, is that her name? Did I get it wrong? Is it Conehead? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, who looks like, um, she looks like that lady next door who uh, had a little bit of fun when she was young, but now is like all buttoned down. Uh, that's how she looks. She looks like somebody who did, probably did some weird things in college. Is just experimenting. And then the rest of her life just walks around, you know, talking about Jesus all damn day. Uh, and I don't even know if she experimented. And she's going to be a Supreme Court justice. Now, it's good that a woman's going to be on the Supreme Court. She is, will be replacing a woman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was more than a woman. She was the notorious RBG. Uh, because of her, there are so many of the freedoms that you take for granted. Uh were really enshrined and entrenched because of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and other people like her on the Supreme Court. This woman, uh, Amy Conehead Barrett, will be uh, taking her place on the Supreme Court. And I'm, you know what? That's just, you know, I knew when Mitch McConnell was blocking Merrick Garland and this is the Scalia seat and we shouldn't be voting during a presidential election. I knew it was a lie. You knew it was a lie. He knew it was a lie. You felt like, you felt like you'd be going, by the way, Total lie, just a way to stop things. Instead of just saying, you know, what I want is people who restrict rights. Um, now, all of a sudden, there's 10 million people have already voted, and we're a few days away from a national election that looks like uh, we'll be changing administrations. And we got to get this nomination through. It's constitutional. And then we get her, get her through her. Uh, I'd like to read something in a minute. You know, and he's just mumbling nonsense. And if you don't believe that you're, that many of the hard-fought rights of the 20th century uh, for voting rights and civil rights and human rights and rights for women and when, we, when everybody in the country is able to attain the same freedoms and has the ability to achieve the same goals without uh, artificial impediments, it's better for everyone, even the people who hate it. If you don't believe she'll roll them back, I got a bridge. I got a bridge here in Maricopa that I'll sell you. Okay, but she's going to be, but that's not what bothers me about her. I mean, this is the way it goes. It's the ebb and flow. Uh, just like uh, we beautified the neighborhood and people got upset. And so now uh, they're probably going to kick us off the board. That's fine. That's fine. All right. <laughs> just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, Warren and uh, uh, Earl Warren and so many others fought to give you and I more freedom and more of a chance, no matter what your status was when you were born, to achieve the American dream. Now people go, it's gone too far. It's too far. There are people running around. Freedom. Real. Well, we meant freedom for us. We meant freedom like in a Devo song or something. So it's the ebb and flow of things. The fight goes on forever. What gets me about Amy Conehead Barrett She's got the squeakiest damn voice. She just got this nice little voice. It's just so cute. I can't do it. It's just that squeaky voice. that and She has that voice that makes like really big guys go, oh, I just like her. She's birdie. Like, you know, the great big dumb guy, you know, with the shoulder. Oh, ma'am, there's just something about the way you're talking. 
Well, shucks, ma'am, I'll go out and take a bullet for you any day. She's just got that little squeaky voice. And uh, she's an attractive individual. I imagine, you know, in high school and college, uh, uh, very attractive. She's a very attractive person. And that bothers me. And I'm going to tell you why it bothers me. So if this is a bias or a prejudice on my part, I'm going to cop to it. I think judge, judges should be old and ugly. I think judges should speak like this and kind of look the way I look right now and go, this court has found you guilty and you will now hang by the neck until dead. See, if a guy sentences me to something, if I'm in court, and I've been in court, if I'm in court and there's a judge speaking to me like this and he goes, we now sentence you to hang by the neck until dead or 40 hours of community service and your license is restricted for 90 days. I take that seriously. I go, yeah, I, I, not only that, I go, I must deserve it. Listen to that dude's voice. You have been found guilty, sir. That, poof. I won't appeal that. You, sir, are guilty. That, I'm not going to appeal. Because I'm going, you know what? We kind of think maybe you're guilty. I'm going, oh, come on. Come on. I'm not being put in prison by someone who should be voicing Warner Brothers cartoons. Kevin Brown says, so you're public hangings. Only like if, uh, uh, Kevin Brown, I'm only for public hangings. No, I'm not. But if I were going to be for public hangings, I would want a, a t-shirt concession, be able to sell some cotton candy. You know what I mean? Uh, have some calliope music out there. Doot, 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 doot. You know, make it a whiz bang like they did in the old days. I'm just saying that a judge should be old and ugly and angry and scary. That's who should judge you. People who speak like this. Not people who speak like this. You will be hung by the neck until dead. That's just adding insult. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Someone with a squeaky voice. Someone who sounds like Tweety Bird. Someone goes, I, I thought I saw a criminal. I did. I did. <laughs> That's wrong, man. I just, you know... Um, I've known a lot of judges. Uh, I've been friends, actual friends, with a lot of judges. Uh, pro tem judges, if you know what a pro tem judge is, that's someone who uh, has, is not a full-time judge. They're an attorney, but they fill in. You know, that's what a pro tem judge is, as I understand it. Is, is I've, it's been explained to me. And I've had buddies, you know, golfing buddies, you know, hangout buddies. They go, hey, i got to be in court tomorrow. I go, you're trying to case? You know, I, I got, you know, judge is sick. I'm going in to fill in, you know. And there's like one out here who also has been on reality TV shows, you know? And she's got like blonde hair and blue eyes and got that permanent tan. I'm going, and I go, you put people in jail? That's just wrong, man. It's wrong. Someone who looks like me should put people in jail and you will go to prison. See there, and you know, you don't even argue. Man, I, I fucking deserve it, man, the way that dude said it. I'm not here. You, I get, maybe you should give me a couple extra years the way you said it. That's wrong with our justice system. Pretty people. And people with squeaky voices. That should be a requirement to be a judge. You got a face that looks like a Colorado Rocky Mountain road map. You got to have a face that looks like it was set on fire and put out, put out with a golf shoe. That's a person. And then you got to have a voice that is cracked and strained from a lifetime of lying. Then, my friends... Now we got ourselves a judge. But instead, we got Amy Conehead Barrett and her um, 
and her uh, 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 Warner Brothers cartoon voice. <laughs> That's how they'll start Supreme Court sessions nowadays. <laughs> Before they come in, they'll play. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Supreme Court. All right, this is why um, this is why I'm not uh, allowed to be a shot caller in a lot of things. Okay, um, you know what? <laughs> That's my big political rant for the day. Um, let's get to the music, shall we? Um, I got one artist today whose life was probably bigger than her music, but her music was big. You know, when you think of um, great female singers of the 70s, you're right away going to think um, Linda Ronstadt. She was probably the queen of pop music singers in the 70s. Yeah, you're going to think of Natalie Cole, maybe. You know, you're going to think of her definitely. You're going to certainly think of Stevie Nicks. You're going to think of them, okay? Uh, Tina Mike said, I'd fill the bill for a judge. You're damn right, sir. Present your article, sir. Present your case. And you shall be judged. Uh, when you think of 70s uh, uh, chanteuses, chanteuses, there were so many great singers in the 70s. Two of the biggest, of course, were uh, Linda Ronstadt and Stevie Nicks in the 70s. Uh, this woman should have been up there with them and somehow has now become forgotten, even by the people who listened to her then. Although she was important in the world of rock in ways... Uh, I don't think most of us can actually understand. So who are we going to talk about today? Who are we going to listen to uh, later on? We're going to listen to Miss Rita Coolidge. So there is the quizzential hippie chick, Miss Rita Coolidge, uh, who was uh, part Native American, by the way. Or all Native American, I don't know. There she is, voice like an angel, heart full of mischief, Mind of a Wild Woman, Rita Coolidge. Rita Coolidge had a very interesting life. Grace Slick, although Kirk, Grace Slick was more 60s. Her stuff was 60s stuff. You know, when you think about Grace Slick in her heyday, Kirk, you're thinking about, you know, White Rabbit and Somebody to Love and all that. That's 60s stuff. So we're looking at uh, some 70s stuff. So Rita Coolidge was, a set. matter of fact, this was her debut album that I'm showing you right here. This was her debut album. Okay, and it's called Rita Coolidge. She wrote none of the songs of the album. She was not a songwriter. But then again, neither was Linda Ronstadt. But as a muse, she must have been stunning. Now, I first really started becoming aware of her uh, when she was uh, dating and then married Chris Christopherson. Uh, but then became a little more aware that she was uh, part of uh, uh, Delaney and Bonnie and Friends uh, that did so much great music, so many great artists, you know, their, their, their version of Only You Know and I Know is just fantastic. And then also, uh, Rita Coolidge was on the, um, the legendary Mad Dogs and Englishmen Joe Cocker tour. Uh, Leon Russell was allowed to put together and arrange uh, all the music and stuff. He was actually like the tour maestro for that, for Mad Dogs and Englishmen. And he hired Rita to sing. Uh, Rita Coolidge is responsible for the breakup of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. 
Rita Coolidge is responsible. She's not responsible for it, but she went. She went from Steve. She was dating Stephen Stills, broke up with him, and started dating Graham Nash while they were in the same band. And that led, many say, and it's pretty strongly proven, that she led to the broke up of that band. Not only that, David Crosby wrote songs about her. Her uh, boyfriend right before that was Jim Gordon, who uh, was a little nuts. How nuts was he? He, and, he was with Derek and the Dominoes. And later on became schizophrenic and killed his own mom. So, uh, but was, uh, had some uh, volatile issues then. Supposedly uh, beat Reed up, gave her a black eye. She never spoke to him again. She broke up with him, ended up with Stephen Stills. Left Stephen Stills for Graham Nash. Probably fooled around with Neil Young. Okay? But uh, then settled in with none other than uh, one of the great, great, great artists, musicians, songwriters, piano players of the 70s, Mr. Leon Russell. How much of a muse, how much, how important was she was to the pop music of the time? Uh, I'm trying to see here. I had notes about the songs that, um, uh, I don't have, uh, I think Sit Down, I Think I Love You was uh, written about her. But um, Leon Russell wrote Delta Lady and A Song for You, both about Rita Coolidge. Now, if you are a 70s music fan, then, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, disco, and I'm talking about punk, but of the rock music that was really fermenting and forming, because a lot of people, the 60s were really at its best in the 70s. Exile on Main Street where the Stones came out in the 70s. You know, uh, Europe 72 where the Dead came out in the 70s. A lot of the bands that had been percolating through the 60s and managed to survive began to do their best work in the early 70s. Uh, my brother Jerry's adding a little tidbit about Rita Coolidge that she actually wrote the piano ending on Layla. Who the fuck knew, but never got credit. So, David Crosby wrote songs about her. Neil Young wrote songs about her. <laughs> and two of my all-time favorite love songs, Delta Lady and A Song for You, were both written by Leon Russell about her. And then she left all of them for Chris Christopherson who at the time was just the king. Because Chris Christopherson could do it all. He could write songs, he could sing. Okay, he couldn't sing, but he had a great voice. Okay, he could make hit records, write hit songs, star in movies. And she was with him. And she had then a few big hits of herself, uh, herself uh, her version of A Year Lifting Me Higher, and We're, all, and We're all Alone, were big, big hits. She won Grammys. Um... And then her and Christopherson split up. Now, she said it was due to his alcoholism. Chris tells a somewhat different story, but he's too much of a gentleman to really talk about it much. Just every, whenever he said her name after that, he goes, well, that was when I was married to uh, Rita. Okay? But I'm sure they both gave as good as they got. Uh, her life, what kind of person inspires that many songs, that much music? Breaks up legendary bands. How does it all start? Well, I don't know exactly how it all starts, but we do have her first album right here. And listen to the lineup of musicians on here. If you're, if you're a freak and you're into this, okay, uh, Booker T. If you don't know who Booker T is, Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions. Booker T is on this. Donald Duck Gunn, and if you're a Blues Brothers fan, 
He was uh, one of the musicians that uh, made the uh, Blues Brothers sound so good. He was part of the Memphis guys. Uh, Jim Keltner on drums, who was a great session guy. Steven Stills on guitar. Bobby Womack on guitar. Uh, from uh, the Birds and Flying Burrito Brothers and uh, that bunch. Clarence White. Chris Etheridge. My goodness. These are just all the musicians that lent themselves to this woman's debut album. Even on horns. I'm trying to see who the horns were. If there was anybody... Uh, if Bobby Keys is on here anywhere. I'm not seeing Bobby Keys anywhere. But uh, just a stunning array. And then uh, her backup singers were uh, called the Blackberries. Clyde King was one of them. Priscilla Coolidge. Um, let's see who else was on here. Uh, Graham Nash was one of the backup singers. Uh, and she did some great tunes here. All of them are somebody else's songs. But if you really want to capture and listen to what that era of sort of pre-Southern rock, that beginning of that blend of uh, country rock uh, that was really started by bands like Poco and uh, uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers and the Birds and Dylan with Nashville Skyline, and to see what was just beginning to percolate, percolate up and what teenagers were listening to and loving you get an idea of it from this. You, you see me keep doing that with my hand, you guys? You see me keep doing that? That's all the scam political calls, some of which I'll be making Sunday in support of Philippe Perez uh, for the uh, State House here in Arizona. Uh, you really get a taste of what that music was like, what that whole kind of mixture of uh, uh, blue-eyed soul coming out of Memphis and uh, what later on became... Um, uh, that LA, rock, L.A. country rock scene um, really kind of all mixes together on this album. And what we're going to recommend off of Rita Koji's first album, and it's going to come with a caveat, is her version of uh, Seven Bridges Road by Steve Young. Now, if you know that song, you know it as an Eagles song. And they come out of the box hot when they do that song with that acapella harmony. Then into that solo uh, acoustic guitar. And it's a stunningly good song. But way before they did it, Rita did it. And it's here on her uh, debut album. This song doesn't come out of the box hot. Like many a great Chanteuses, like many a great torch singers. And I don't know if I can explain to you what a torch singer is right now. But she was, she's from a long line of something that was known in the 40s and 50s as a torch singer. Someone singing a lot of love ballads. Uh, they know to sing behind the beat. And they know to start out slow and soft and let things build, but not bring them up into that sort of, you know, crazy 80s uh, uh, Motley Crue fucking crescendo of fucking music, but to let it come up and then to float along on clouds of beautiful sounds. So when you listen to it, when you listen to her version of Seven Bridges Road, you go, wait a minute, the Eagles did it better. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. And listen to that voice wafting over the horns, wafting over the strings. Listen to it and you go, this woman was really incredible. Of course, you can go back and listen to her hits. You know, We're All Alone. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. But um, you already know that one. All right, you know what else is on here? Uh, that Man Is My Weakness, uh, Second Story Window by Mark Benno, Crazy Love by Van Morrison, The Happy Song by Otis Redding, 
born under a bad sign, the blues tune that anybody from our generation originally knew from Cream. All right, there's a Booker T song. Uh, Ain't That Peculiar by Smokey Robinson. Uh, and I Believe in You by Neil Young. But uh, we're recommending Seven Bridges Road, but then you might want to get into uh, uh, Rita Coolidge a little deeper. Uh, obviously, um, all the gods of rock at the time did, but uh, you might want to listen to her a little more. And uh, maybe you'll, uh, like me, I had not heard her version of Seven Bridges Road until recently. Until recently. And then I heard it and go, this is a fantastic record. It's got that 70s production. It's a deeper, muddier, murkier production, but in a way that gives the music an even more uh, sort of ethereal, uh, spiritual feel because it doesn't have that hard production that came along with CDs with ones and zeros because it's down in the groove. Listen to Rita Coolidge doing Seven Bridges Road, and I think you'll be happy people. I think. By the way, day to day as we go by, if you've ever listened to one of the songs, you want to comment on them the next day, I would love to hear about it. Okay? We got to go. Okay? But we'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. on Facebook Live, YouTube, and ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com with Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. <laughs>